When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. And not only do they serve delicious CBD coffee, but they are up in the ante for you. They're giving you a chance to get 25% off your first purchase at Strava Craft Coffee by smashing that code DNVR25 at checkout over at Strava Craft Coffee. And once you've had it, you're going to want more. And they're giving you a chance to get 20% off after using that code DNVR25. Here's what you do. You subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee, and you'll save 20% off every single purchase for the rest of your life. You'll get 20% off over at Strava Craft Coffee. And you can even have it set up to be delivered straight to your door every two, four, six, eight, or however often you want. It'll just show straight up at your door at 20% off. But make sure to use that code DNVR25 on your first purchase to get 25% off Strava Craft Craft coffee, not only delicious, smooth coffee, but it gets all the benefits of the CBD, which helps relieve aches, pains, headaches, migraines. Some people even say it helps relieve those coffee jitters. So make sure to check them out over at Strava Craft Coffee and use that code DNVR25. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. to the DNVR Broncos podcast on this winning Wednesday. We're here to break down how the Broncos beat the Giants and start 1-0. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. And Mace, before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, because they are the new urban online university with learning outcomes equivalent to -to face-to-face courses, which is unheard of at other universities. But over at MSU Denver, they deliver. They have great gen eds taught by real people great completion options, full programs, and the virtual services to keep you healthy and happy on your way to graduation. They're the preeminent online university in the Rocky Mountain region. And whether you're online or on campus, it's all the same to them. So check them out over at MSU Denver Online. My boy, Mace, what is going on, my friend? I'm just happy I'm speaking to you. I had a significant issue with my microphone this morning, and 
I'm honestly, I'm just happy I'm talking right now and sound reasonably normal because otherwise I was going to have to use the speaker in my laptop here and it would have sounded like crap for the next hour. So well, sometimes we're, you're we're, sometimes you're just happy to be here. Well, we're happy that you're here, Mesa, and I'm happy that the comment section is here. We got Eamon Badwin chiming in. Really appreciate that, Eamon. Mr. Orange chiming in. And everyone who's chiming in, make sure to hop over to YouTube like Eamon is doing. Hit us with a like when you're there, a thumbs up, and uh, subscribe, and turn on alerts. It really supports us, and the YouTube quality is better. The, the, the comment section is better, so we would really appreciate that. And hit us with a thumbs up when you're at it. And may speaking of thumbs up, and winning let's just dive right into this how do the Denver Broncos beat the New York Giants I mean come on we, we've talked about it for months now that the Broncos yeah. should absolutely be two and one they should absolutely be three and oh but now let's dive into the nitty-gritty of what this New York Giants football team looks like and let's start with what the Broncos offense has to do to beat the Giants defense and what the Broncos are facing with, with this Giants defense. So the Giants defense that's uh, actually down the stretch last year is one of the better defenses in the league. And yeah. it's a, it's also a Giants defense that it's going to try to confuse you. And when you look back at the, at least in terms of the on field component, of the decision to start Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke. I wonder how much the Giants penchant for different looks, trying to catch the opposing quarterback off guard, trying to deceive with their intent. I wonder if that had an impact on choosing Teddy over Drew Locke because of, of this tendency for the Giants. I mean, it's, it's got some talent, but this is a, a unit that, I think is better schematically than the talent they're putting on the field. So their goal was to try to to confuse and force you to throw to to go in the direction that they want you to go. And Teddy Bridgewater is more advanced at reading defenses pre-snap than Drew Locke. Yeah, you're 100% right, Mesa, and that's exactly what this Giants defense tries to do. And credit to their coaching staff. Mm -hmm. They get more out of their their sum than they do the, the individual parts they have. The Broncos, you look at them loaded in terms of talent. I mean, you could convince yourself that half this team, it, it, half the Broncos defense is a pro bowler. Uh, you can't necessarily do that with the New York Giants, but they do a great job of being very confusing, specifically in the secondary maze. They make mm -hmm. it very difficult for quarterbacks. And so I'm sure when Vic Fangio was looking at this, who do I want to go with? We need a hot start. I'm sure this played into it a little bit. And and also the, the pre-snap stuff. We know and we heard hints throughout the offseason, specifically mm -hmm. when they named Teddy the starter, we knew that Teddy was just more advanced with that pre-snap right. stuff. Drew was making his way. He was much better than he was last year, but Teddy still had that edge. And that is going to be very, very key. And also, I mean, we, we have Aaron in the comments saying the Giants pass rush is underrated matchup to watch. Mace, I'm just a little bit skeptical right now about how good this Broncos offensive line is. I think it's the most hyped yeah. it's been in many years, but I just look at what the Broncos have done uh, recently in practices by not so sure if Calvin Anderson's a guy, if it's Bobby Massey, I think they are comfortable at right tackle, mm -hmm. but we've seen Garrett Bowles get beat a, a decent amount uh, during training camp, not just by guys like Bradley Chubb, but guys like Derek Tuska, who is now on the Pittsburgh Steelers practice squad. Uh, and then inside, 
we've seen kind of a lot of rotation getting Atani Muti in. So yeah. to me, I'm a little skeptical there. And like Aaron said, you got to watch out for the Giants' pass rush. Well, here's the thing I would ask you, Zach. Where is the Broncos' offensive line weakest, interior or at tackle? Even though, right. even though you've had the, the you you've had the tackle competition, Bobby Massey's a pretty steady right tackle. So you yep, think there, I, w- I was going to say right now it's it's the interior of the offensive line, which is kind of a surprise. Which is a problem because that's where the Giants' uh, front is strongest with yep. Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. That's that's w- if you look at kind of the Giants on, on the defensive side. What what are the units that what are the units that look the best right now? You'd say probably the interior defensive line and then the cornerback core. Of course, they made that big that investment in Adoree Jackson in the off se- in the off season to to lock that down. And James Bradbury is a, is a solid number two corner, but on the interior, and that's where you can break down the pocket the most quickly. And again, kind of coming back to Teddy Bridgewater uh, versus Drew Locke. Sometimes some of Drew Locke's trouble, I think back to the Falcon game, uh, for example, was when you saw an interior rush from Atlanta that was able to get through quick and discombobulate things. And certainly I think it was an issue last year that you had a rookie center with a quarterback in his second year, but effect- effectively in his first 16 starts, his first season's worth of starts. And so now you put Bridgewater in there, and I think that's going to settle it down and give more of a chance uh, in ter- more of a chance, especially in terms of reading the pre-snap alignment up front and making sh- and making sure that depending on de- depending on whether you've got whether you've got one of the de- the interior D linemen over the, over the center or directly between the center and the guard as a as a one tech or if they're directly over the guards, making sure they make that adaptation. That's the kind of thing that I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to do very well. So boom, and and just like it happens in a play, be, before we even get to what happens after the snap, Mace, that's our first biggest game plan thing is, Teddy, don't be afraid to change up the play. And Pat Shermer, give Teddy Bridgewater the ability, even though it's week one with his first team, give him the ability to make those checks, whether it's going from run to pass, whether it's going from inside to outside. Teddy needs to be able to do that uh, and, and set the team up for success. And I think maybe the second part, Mace, is something we just touched on, is in the running game, win on the outside because that's where the Giants are strongest in terms of the defensive line is the inside. So win on the outside. And then the passing game, win on the inside, kind of the opposite because you're not going to not throw to their cornerbacks. Dory Jackson's good, uh, but we're not talking about world beaters here. But still, I think their their corners are are better than the rest of the team in terms of coverage in the pass game. So win with Noah Fant, win with K.J. Hamler on the inside. Use Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon out of the backfield. Uh, Don't be afraid to do that. No, you're also, like I said, you're not going to be afraid to throw to Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton on the outside, but really maximize that. Exactly. Just take the matchup that's there. I mean, and 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 Teddy talked about that. Just how in the in the preseason game against the Rams, uh, he critiqued his performance. And I think we can say with certainty that was his shakiest preseason performance when he started off uh, one for six and then completed his last five. He he talked about how he was trying, kind of trying to force it a little bit, trying to mm-hmm. force the ball to certain guys, get them involved. He can't worry about that in this game. If the Giants are giving him Noah Fant in the flat, take Noah Fant in the flat until they figure out how to stop it. Mm. 
If they're if they're if they're conceding KJ Hamler in the slot on a five yard curl and saying, "All right, let's see if KJ can make some things happen after the catch," you take that. Just get this. This is a game where you say, "Whichever playmaker is open, flashes open, just make sure you get him the ball." Which because. The geometry of it is they and the mathematics of it is they can't cover everything, and that's sort and that's why this Broncos offense is so intriguing. In that, if you do say I trust any of these guys to make a play, can any defense adequately cover Sutton, Judy, Fant, Hamler slash Oakwebunam, Melvin Gordon slash uh, Javante Williams, and then Tim Patrick? There, there's not a so you've got five of you have some combination of five of those guys that could be running routes when Teddy takes the snap. They can't they can't take care of all of them. Somebody is going to flash open. And again, and you, you just take who's it. And if they concede the check down, check down to the running back. Just go ahead, go ahead and do that. You're not going to go broke t- making a profit. It just might take you uh, a little bit longer to make that pro- that big profit because you might be taking it in four and five yard clumps, but that'll do just get the, because you know what? Eventually one of those little check downs is going to result in the receiving target, making the defender miss. And then it becomes an explosive play. Yeah, you're exactly right, Mace. And when you look at the Giants' defense, specifically what they were able to do last year, they were actually pretty good against the run, Mace. They only averaged 4.1 yards per carry, which made them a top 10 rushing defense. And that's why I think you really got to expose the outside. And that's where you get some big chunk plays. And we saw both Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams do a good job getting to the outside. But it's their pass defense that's not as good. So you you will be relying on on finding the open target a little more uh, than than in the running game. But you can be balanced against this team. And we have It's Strez coming in, and the comment section says, how many times is Danny Dimes getting picked off by the best safety in the league on Sunday? And we'll talk about how the defense stops their offense in just a second. But it reminds me of a question from yesterday that we had, Mason. Someone said, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm never going to be more excited for a boring win. And that's kind of what this game could very well play out to. Mason, the offense isn't going to have to force things. The offense isn't going to have to try to score 30 points in order to keep up uh, with Patrick Mahomes and a potential Justin Herbert matchup, uh, or even the Baltimore Ravens in a couple weeks. Th- this is an offense that this is actually a great matchup to start off with. Where it, it, You're not facing uh, a, a bad defense, but you're also not facing a good offense where you don't have to force things. So Teddy should not be forcing things. I think he was forcing things, and he even admitted this after that third preseason game. He was forcing things in that game uh, to try to get Cortland and to try to get uh, Alberto involved. He's not going to have to force those guys to get involved. So it's just going to be being turnover free, taking the four yards if it's there, unless it's third and seven, then go for the seven. But just not forcing things. It's really an easy, good game plan for the Broncos offense. But again, we're not going to be expecting them to put up 30 points this week. Yeah, and but what you do hope they can do is take care of the football because in the last 12 games of, of the 2020 season, the Giants forced 18 takeaways. So they were getting a takeaway and a half per game. And that's te- and, and some of that is certainly testament to the way they will try to confuse an opponent. And if you're looking for kind of a sure thing that would lead to Giants wins last year, 
rare as they may have been, well, they finished the season with four consecutive wins when they forced at least two takeaways. And the, and then they actually lost the first two games that year when they had two takeaways, one of which they lost by three to Dallas, but the offense still put up 34 points. The defense got gashed in other ways. But down the stretch, this was a team that when they got multiple takeaways, including they got two takeaways from Russell Wilson and the Seahawks in Seattle and one in that game last December. That's the so that's the Giants equation. They're gonna they're gonna want they're gonna want to try to force you into mistakes, and that's why kind of I think it's simple, but it comes back to for Teddy and company just taking what's there and not forcing it, and then for the for the skill players, don't fumble, hang on to the football. That's that that's a key that that's a key thing as well. It's not it's not just picks that the that the Giants will get. They're going to try to strip the ball and force fumbles in a game against Washington last year. They recovered four fumbles in that game. So they're going to, this is also a defense that does try to get the ball out. Yeah, it it does. And uh, Jake brings up a a good point here. He says the first play of the game should be a deep ball. to KJ Hamler makes, what do you think the first play of the season for the Broncos is going to be on the offensive side of the ball? I know what it won't be and what it shouldn't be. No fan end around. Yes. (laughs) Bingo. (laughs) You know what? Everyone kind of gets excited for the potential of a splash on the first on the first play. Um, you know what? I just want to take I just want to take a single to a single to beat the shift that keeps the line moving. So let's ha- you know what? Let's ha- let's start off with a play action because you know you know the Giants have well under center, and here's why: if the Giants have done their homework on the Broncos and gotten anything even out of the preseason film, it is an overwhelming propensity for the Broncos to run the ball when they're under center. So, mm-hmm. so get Teddy under center, get them thinking, run, do a play action, and just have Teddy go to the fir- to the to the first read that flashes open. And I'm going to say that's going to be Noah Fant for 12 yards. So uh, Noah Fant, I, I, but doing what he does best, not on an end around. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love it, Mason. I love where your head's at. And I also love where Jake's head's at. Let's, let's, let's start with the splash. I think it's not going to be like that though. <laughs> I think it's going to be a stretch play to Melvin Gordon. That goes, that goes for six yards. So it, it's a good start, oh. but it, it's nothing sexy at all. There's no shots being fired here, but maybe if Pat Shermer really wants to get back at the giants right away, he hits him with a big play oh. because of course they fired him two years ago. Yeah, Pat Shermer and Mike Shula were both on that staff. Mike Shula was the offensive coordinator there and then came to Denver be the quarterback coach. So the thing is, I don't want, I really don't want the coach acting emotionally, acting out of revenge. <laughs> I just want Pat Shermer to call a good, steady game. I don't want him to, in terms of play calling, try to make a, try to make a point to his former employer. I just, you know what, you want to make a point? win the game. I was, I, I, when I was working last night, I had a ESPN 30 for 30, a documentary on, um, the Soviet perspective of the miracle on ice in 1980. It was kind of talking about kind of the mindset of the Soviet hockey players when they went up against, uh, the, the, the Canadians for the first time, a team of NHL players in uh, 1972. And one thing that, that kind of came up was, Hey, they you know, they're, they're getting checked into the boards. Uh, they're, they're getting hit at center ice. They don't. They don't react. They don't get in. They don't get into a scrum. Then they said, "Hey, our our way of getting revenge: score goals." Okay. Yeah. Here's the way for Pat Shermer to to tweak their old employer a little bit. Call call a good call a good steady game. Get some touchdowns. 
win comfortably. And that's how you show that Big Blue made a mistake firing you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, j- just beat him, honestly, and that's what he needs to do. And Bluegrass Bronco says, where are we tailgating Sunday? We're tailgating at the DNVR bar. And guys, that's just a perfect segue. The bar opens at 10 on Saturdays and Sundays throughout the entire football season for all your party needs. And we'll have DraftKings there. They'll be giving out $10 drink tickets. That uh, They'll be there every Saturday and Sunday. And of course, when you're at the bar, you get the member size beer if you're a member. And guys, we've got an awesome thing going on this Saturday for the Buffs in Texas A&M game. We're taking a party bus from the DNVR bar down to the game. Bar opens at 10. The bus leaves at 11. So that means you don't have to pay for parking. You can drink and you don't have to worry about driving. It's a safe. It's a fun thing. You're going to be surrounded by Buffs fans. And then you get to come back right to the DNVR bar and continue the party since the game's in the afternoon. It's the perfect thing to do. But there are limited spots available. So make sure to sign up now. Only 56 spots available. So sign up for that party bus and man it's going to be a blast and also make sure that you're a member so you get those member beers join at the dnvr.com you know what if you come on down to the dnvr bar before after you're going to want to have some breck brews and of course we've got the full array of breckenridge brews on tap at the dnvr bar we've also got those good company hard seltzers there for you so make sure you have some of that you're gonna you know what CU is, what, a 17-and-a-half-point underdog this week? Yep. Uh, you know, you, and if you're going to go to the game, you might want to get a bit lathered. You might want to have. You might want to get started early, so come on down to the MVR bar, have a breakthrough, have a seltzer, go to the game, come back, have another, as long as you make sure that your ride home is safe. That's the, that, that's the key thing. And, of course, Breckenridge Brewery. Yes, exactly. Take the party bus there. Make sure you got an Uber or a friend to bring you home, and you're going to be good to go. And then you can enjoy plenty of those delicious Breckenridge brews to get you through what I hope is a good day for the Buffs, but could end up being a, a, a rough one against one of the Godzillas from the SEC. Of course, if you want to check out the full array of Bre- Breck brews, but you can't get to the DNVR bar, check out the Farmhouse, which is their restaurant down at their brewery in Littleton. It's right off Santa Fe. It's beautifully set up for outside dining. They've got all social distancing protocols necessary, and you can have a great meal. It's great pub grub, and then you can have one of those delicious Breckenridge brews. So I always say if you can't get to the DNVR bar, can't get to Colfax in York, but you're in the southern suburbs and you're in Littleton, make sure you check, check out. Make sure you check out the farmhouse down there and have a good meal. And by the way, you can use that magical code DMVR to get $5 off a takeout order. Call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. for pickup. Use that code DNVR to save $5 off your meal. 303-803-1380 for the farmhouse in Littleton. That code DNVR saves $5 off your meal. They'll bring your order right out to your car for you. And it's not just food. You can get you can get beers, and they will bring them out to your car for you if you order them to go from the farmhouse, which is the, the Breckenridge Brewery restaurant down at their at their facility in Littleton, right off Santa Fe. And you also have to get in on DraftKings Sportsbook for that buffs. If you think the massive upset is going to come like B1 of Beast thinks, get in on that. No better place to get in on the action. And Mace, they've got incredible promotions right now, including you got to get in on the one tomorrow night for the NFL season opener. They're giving you 73 points 
for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They moved the spread to Tampa Bay plus 73. That means as long as Tampa Bay doesn't lose by 74 points, you win. I mean, that is as close to free money as you get. And then speaking of free money, if you uh, bet on any game, you'll get $200 in free bets instantly. That's all you have to do is bet $1 on any game and new customers will get $200 in free bets instantly. And what's cool about it is they split it up into eight dollars uh, $25 free bets, which is great. It means you can get in on all of the action this week on, on Sunday. Uh, you bet on the Broncos Saturday. You bet on the Buffs. It is the perfect way to bet on football and there's no better place than DraftKings Sportsbook. So check them out. Head to the App Store now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And of course, use the promo code DNVR and new customers when they bet $1 on any football game. They'll receive $200 in free bets instantly with that pro- promo code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Free bet promotion for new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Max wager limits apply. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Good grief, right, Zach. I get tired just hearing that from you. <laughs> it's uh it, it it's it's uh something i practice at night I, I stay up at night just seeing how fast i can go how does uh, your and- fiance feel about this if you're practicing at night <laughs> uh maybe i do it uh in the shower late at night <laughs> okay all right all right because i mean no offense but if you're doing that at night that's gonna keep that's gonna keep people awake <laughs> well, good thing. she uh she has the night shift so uh oh so it's it's a late household at times how convenient <laughs> so mace let's a lot of people in the comment section want to know just how dominant the broncos defense is going to be against the new york giants and how they're going to i don't think people are worried about daniel jones but maybe a saquon barkley and i gotta start this segment off with some very very good news mace kenny galladay last week told us that the Giants offense is probably going to start slow because they have so many injuries on the offensive side of the ball, Mace. I mean, you're not just talking Saquon, who it looks like he's going to play, but probably in a limited role. Uh, Pretty much the only healthy person is Daniel Jones. I mean, Evan Ingram is hurt. Kenny Galladay is hurt. Their other receivers are hurt. Uh, They are so banged up. It may be like the worst luck for a team going into week one that I've seen in a long time. This New York Giants offense, uh, what wasn't necessarily scary, especially with a limited Saquon Barkley. But man, with this, with how many injuries they have, it really doesn't look intimidating. And Kenny Galladay just last week said, when I look in the huddle and see all of those guys, I'm excited. But guys have been in and out of the lineup. We might be a little slow to get off. So boy, the Broncos are just handed a gift right there. Well, let's just go through some of the things that Joe Judge, Giants coach, dropped this morning. He talked about how he wants to see Saquon do with three straight days of work, which would be today, Thursday, and Friday at practice, and that they want to make the best decision for him in the long term. So that may mean more than just limiting reps. If they don't see enough from Saquon Barkley, maybe they do uh, deactivate him. Uh, Evan Ingram is going to start this week on a separate field. I mean, we know at Broncos practice what it means when a player is on the separate field from the rest of the team. It generally means 
that guy is probably a week off. Of course, of course, Engram had the calf injury they suffered in the Giants' preseason finale against New England. And really, you knew that Galladay and Saquon Barkley was going to be kind of touch and go, although Galladay looks pretty good to go at this point. Evan Engram being out, might if he is out, that might be what pushes this Giants' attack uh, over the edge to completely struggling. Because remember, go back to 2017. Remember when the Giants were didn't really have any wide receivers and they were they oh, were boy. they were compromised at running back. We well, don't the one, be reminded. Yeah. Well, remember the one guy they had was Evan Ingram. Yeah. And the Broncos did not have an answer for Evan Ingram. Of course, four years have passed. We hope that they are better against the Titans than they have been. But for all that they're doing schematically. I'm going to take the Missouri route. You got to show me, you got to show me that you're, that you're better against the tight ends than, than you have been. So if, so we may not find that out this week, if Evan Ingram doesn't play, that's, that could be just an absolutely huge break for the Broncos. If Ingram's not out there. So Mace is, is what you're saying. One of your game plan keys is slowing down Evan Ingram. And there's a chance that he slows himself down by not even being out there. Uh, Absolutely. And and that's if he and again, if he they're not going to force him again, because I think they're thinking more bit They're They're thinking long term. They're thinking big picture here. Understandably so. But if he's not if he's not in there, that makes life considerably easier for the for the Broncos all. And actually. It makes it easier, but maybe isn't going to make it quite as exciting because, frankly, I was curious to see what this unit would do right out of the blocks against a top a top shelf pass catching tight end like Evan Ingram because we're going to have to see Travis Kelsey, we're going to have to see Darren 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 Waller. You can go down the schedule and point to other tight ends. Mark Andrews when the Ravens come in, for for example, uh, the Philly combo of of Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. I wanted to see. I want to see this group against an, a tight end. So, me, in terms of my curiosity about the Broncos' defense, I would welcome seeing Evan Engram. But there's no doubt if he can't play this week, the Broncos, uh, the Broncos' life on defense just got a heck of a lot easier. Uh, I'm okay with uh, with the Broncos not seeing Evan Ingram this week. They are going to have some challenges, but let Pat Sertan get settled in a little mm. bit, see a real NFL game without having to go up against Evan Ingram. And man, would would Pat Sertan be a great matchup going against Evan mm-hmm. Ingram? Because you you look at guys like Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's six five, two hundred and sixty pounds. He's massive, and Patrick Sertan is still the best matchup. But Evan Ingram, a smaller tight end, I believe six three, definitely under two fifty. So uh, mm-hmm. that that would actually be a good matchup for Sertan, although Evan Ingram is good. So Mace, that that that's a good place to start. Well, and the other thing about Evan Ingram that would have that would if he does play would make this a good thing for the Broncos start finding out what they have. If you have Pat Sertan facing tight ends and Von Miller kind of let that cat out of the bag a couple uh, in the last couple of weeks. Well, you you you're going to learn about him against some bigger guys. Evan Ingram is kind of a nice, how shall I say, transition to facing tight ends exactly, because exactly what he's I was saying. He, exactly 235 240 and he's smaller and he and they, and they use him like a wide receiver so this is the kind of the gateway to having to deal with darren waller and deal with Tra- travis kelsey that you, that you have someone who's listed as a tight end but is effectively a hybrid type of player 
Right, exactly. Okay, now moving on to the rest of their offense. Mace, I mean, when Saquon Barkley plays, the New York Giants offense is all about Saquon. And their team ride and dies on Saquon's back. In the last 12 games that Saquon has played, this is going back, of course, the majority of the 2019 season since he got hurt in, I believe, week two last year. Uh, The two times that he ran for 100 yards, the Giants won. The yeah. 10 times that he didn't hit 100 yards, the Giants lost. He averaged 150 rushing yards in those two wins. He averaged 49 rushing yards in those 10 losses. So, boom, that is game plan number two to beating the Giants is just keeping Saquon Barkley in check. And like we just talked about with Evan Ingram, Mace, with Saquon's injury, even if he does play, He's going to be limiting himself. He's going to be limiting his opportunities to get to 100 yards because I just really don't think that they're going to let him go out and be full strength and play without any limitations. We're going to see a good dose of Devontae Booker. And now people may laugh at Devontae Booker, but Devontae Booker dashed and just totally tore up the Broncos defense when he was with the Raiders last year. So you're going to have to make sure you slow down Devontae Booker as well. But there's no question about it. If 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 it's going up against Saquon or Devontae Booker, you'd way rather go up against Devontae Booker so you just have to you have to limit their running game and here's the thing even if Saquon doesn't play or doesn't play very much the Giants want to run the football that's something Mm -hmm. that even when Barkley has been hurt they haven't wavered on in the last couple years they want to run they want to run frequently they want to run effectively Zach in the last two seasons the Giants when they don't get to 125 yards, anything below that, the Giants are one and eighteen. Yep. When they exactly. don't get to a buck twenty-five as a team rushing. When they do get to a buck twenty-five, they've done that 13 times. They're nine and four. It's no guarantee of a win by any stretch of the imagination, but that just but that just shows you in most of those games, without many of those games without Saquon Barkley. They're gonna even if if they if Devontae Booker is running back one, they're going to want to feed Devontae Booker. And like you mentioned, he showed last year for the Raiders tandem in a tandem with Josh Jacobs that he can cause some problems. Maybe the Broncos didn't quite have a read on what Devontae Booker could do because he looks to be still a really useful back, more useful than he was for his time with the Broncos. Yeah, and Mace, I I hate that I have to say this on week one because it's not what I want the Broncos' offense to look like, but it would be okay to see the Broncos run more base defense than we saw in training camp and that I want to see. I want to see tons and tons and tons of dime this year. But if you do if you do more base defense and maybe even more nickel in week one just to really stop that run and not give the Giants any hope of being to run the ball on you, I'm okay with that. A heavy dose of Mike Purcell, Draymond Jones, Shelby Harris, uh, and then even two linebackers is good with me. However, saying that, I still may not have two linebackers on the field. It may be the Patrick Sertan filling in for one of those guys. And especially in this game, if you're only having three cornerbacks on the field, it's Pat Sertan over Bryce Callahan for me. Just a biz- bigger physical presence, a very good tackler. Bryce Callahan's a good tackler too, but certainly not as intimidating in the run game. So even with that, going more so of a base defense, having more bigger guys on the field, I'm still getting Pat Sertan on the field. And I'm not going to say this often this year, Mace, but it's okay 
okay to stray a little bit away from dime this week because you just have to stop the run and put everything on Daniel Jones' shoulders and what people have been talking about in this comment section on the live pod, Mace, is how many picks are we going to get? How many sacks are the Broncos going to get? How much is Justin Simmons, Patrick Sertan, and Draymond Jones going to feast off Daniel Jones? That's what everyone wants to talk about. And if the Broncos shut down the run, Oh boy, the feast is coming for this Denver defense. Oh yeah, and because that's forcing Daniel Jones into the game that he that, that he doesn't want to play, and that the Giants uh, that the Giants don't want to play. And of course, uh, you know when Daniel Jones thro- when Daniel Jones throws a pick in the games that he started, he's he's thrown a pick in fifteen of his starts, and when he does that, the Giants go three and twelve. And <laughs> yep, and he's made and, and, fumble Ruski too. Exactly, and that's a, that's another thing to kind of look at with with Daniel Jones is how is in he's had in, in, in it's what's in what was also interesting is that when when he when he avoids interceptions he generally avoids losing fumbles these things kind of te- they they believe it or not they kind of tend to come in 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 clusters a, a little bit oh, so yes. for Daniel Jones so I think if you get if you get one there's a pretty good chance that you're going to end up getting the other at some point. Daniel, one of Daniel Jones's big problems, and he had this problem at Duke as well, which is one of the things why, that I find interesting in how much the Giants absolutely adored Daniel Jones. Dave Gettleman adored Daniel Jones, but y- you went back and looked at him and how often one mistake became two or three, whether you were talking about interceptions or losing fumbles. He had a high fumble rate. At Duke, he has a high fumble rate in the NFL. It's just sort of it's one of the the it's one of the pieces of evidence that show that if you're a fumbler, it's really hard to change that if you're a quarterback in this league. And yeah. how many how many games, Zach, do you think Daniel Jones has lost at least one fumble in the NFL? How many games has he played in? Well, he's he started twenty six games. He started 26. I'll say he's lost a fumble uh, in just over half. I'll say 14. You're very close. 13 games he's lost a fumble. 17 games he's had at least one fumble. And then eight starts he's had at least two fumbles. I mean, that is crazy. This this is a problem. Now, that being said, in Daniel Jones' defense, he did improve the fumble the fumble rate last year for most of the year but then you know you've got the times where where it spiked like in his last nine starts Zach he had five games where he didn't have a fumble hey that's pretty good right more than half the time he doesn't have a fumble at all and then in two of those nine games he had multiple fumbles he had two fumbles against Washington he had three fumbles against the Cardinals and that was and he had four and in total four fumbles in his last three starts. Did he get better? Yes. Has he cured this problem? Certainly not. And so if so, anyone in the Broncos pass rush, you're not just thinking get to Daniel Jones. You're thinking strip Daniel, strip Daniel Jones. This is where you wish Shaq Barrett was in the house because he was so good at that back in the day. Yeah, Mace. And to me, when we look at Daniel Jones in this, this Giants pass team, uh, it really is 
a, a great position for the Broncos to start, especially with all these new guys in the secondary, because I don't even think a key has to for, for the Broncos to win this game on defense has to do anything with the secondary. I think it all has to do up front and just containing Daniel Jones, because Daniel Jones, he's sneaky athletic, and, and he, can, he can run for 40 yards in one play against you. He can rack up. He has a couple of games where he has 90, 80 rushing yards. He can do that. The Broncos can't allow that to happen. They can't allow the quarterback to start running and racking up yards. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, they, they have to make sure that this he's just contained because if any secondary has to cover guys for five or six seconds, they're going to be toast. So just make sure that you really contain Daniel Jones in the pocket. Don't let him move. Uh, and then, Mace, I'm not worried about this Giants pass attack. Yes, they do have weapons in Kenny Galladay and Evan Ingram, but we've talked about how those guys are, are limited. They're coming into this game wounded. They're not going to be on the field all the time if they even play. So really, this task for, for the Broncos is just uh, the front four guys, really, maybe even the front seven if you have bigger guys in there and with the linebacker position. But this game just comes down to as long as the Broncos' front four, front six guys don't get gashed all game and don't have mental mistakes in terms of run assignments and then also letting Daniel Jones allowed to escape the pocket. Mm-hmm. This game, the Broncos defense should dominate. And then that's when uh, if Daniel Jones doesn't have an elite rushing, rushing attack behind him, this defense is going to have the sacks. Bradley Chubb, Draymond Jones, Von Miller, they're probably all going to have a sack. Uh, I saw someone, I think J.I. in the comments section earlier said Justin Simmons and Patrick Sertan are going to have a pick. I wouldn't bet against any of that. And then maybe you also have a strip sack in there. I mean, this is a game, Mace, where we're talking four to five sacks, uh, potentially even two to three turnovers and with a combination of picks and, and intercept, or picks and fumbles. This should be a game where the Broncos' defense starts off and looks absolutely elite it should now you need to have a little bit of discipline on the edge against daniel jones because that that's and that's where the the back seven the the, the back the not the back seven because the secondary and the inside linebackers those responsible for coverage need to may need to occasionally bail out the guys up front because the broncos should have a huge advantage on the edges with von miller and Bradley Chubb going up against Andrew Thomas. And according to a report, it looks like Nate Solder is going to be back in at right tackle. The Giants wanted Matt Pert, second-year guy out of UConn, talked about him heading into the 2020 draft. They wanted him to be the starter, which would have meant going with two 2020 picks at the tackles in Andrew Thomas and Matt Pert. Looks like, according to reports, they're going to go with Nate Solder, a guy that uh, people around here uh, know know oh, pretty yeah. well. See you, so, Exactly. So they're going to go with the veteran experience, but Solder certainly is toward the end of his career here. So either you were going to have the advantage of going up against a, a, a relatively inexperienced guy over there, uh, or you were going to go up against a guy who's you know kind of on the downside of his career athletically. And then on the left side, Andrew Thomas, his struggles have been last year and through the preseason well documented. The only thing I think that Chubb Miller, and then to a lesser degree, Malik Reed and Jonathan Cooper have to be wary of is making sure they're not caught out of position and that Daniel Jones doesn't scoot inside them being guided outside in the pass pass rush and take off. And that's where the back end has to keep an eye on Daniel Jones a little bit because Jones does average 6.4 yards per carry. He is capable of getting 
35, 45, 50, even 70 or more rushing yards in a game. This is something that he's done. And that and that's where you do have kind of that is where you do have the unpredictable predictable predictable element that you have to watch out for. But that being said, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb against the Giants tackles, they should feast. And if they're not getting to Daniel Jones, they should be able to force some holding penalties, especially from the young Andrew Thomas there on the left side. That is where I think you can you'll see them you'll you'll see them break down the Giants pass pocket. We talked about on when the Broncos have the ball, that rush is probably going to come from the interior when the Giants have the ball. Just looking at the matchups and the weakness the Giants have at tackle, that's going to come from Vaughn and Chubb. And then, like I said, Reed and Cooper rotating in on the outside. That's where you're going to break down and cause havoc for Daniel Jones. Yep, boom, there you go. So that's the game plan. It's actually a pretty simple one this week, which is good for week one. On the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball, uh, just contain the running game and contain Daniel Jones when he drops back. Everything else will take care of itself. On the offensive side of the ball, what the Broncos have to do, win outside in the running game, uh, slow down Everett Ingram, don't let him kill you, and then win the passing game uh, on the inside away from their corners. And none of that should be too difficult for this Broncos team and if you want to get game day ready there's no better way than with our friends over at manscaped where it's still really hot out you still want that summer body you still want to hit the golf course you want to hit the pool and you need to be clean shaven below the belt and our friends over at manscaped have the perfect razor to do that the lawnmower 4.0 and also when you're there get the performance package 4.0 which of course includes the lawnmower 4.0 it also includes the weed whacker if you got those nose hairs it takes care of them in an instant you also get the crop reserver which is a ball deodorant a crop reviver to help everything down there in the summer heat and if you use the code dnvr you'll get 20 percent off plus free shipping from our friends over at manscaped also they have so many great things like the crop reviver the performance boxers and a travel bag and guys i can't speak enough about how good the lawnmower 4.0 is it's got it's water Waterproof. It has an LED on and off light. Comes with that travel bag like I talked about. So make sure to check them out over at manscaped.com. Use the code DNVR to get 20% off and free shipping. Ah, summertime. Yeah, it's you know, it's still summer for another what? Another 13, 12, 13 days here, technically. Yep. According yep, to the calendar. It. Yeah. Now it didn't feel like summer at this time last year. We were we were shoveling snow, but certainly still feels feels like summer hot and uh, unfortunately still smoky here in the Mile High City. So yeah, the manscape will help you stay you know stay clean and crisp under the belt. What'll also help you out is our friends over at Solace Meds, who, as always, they've got some deals for you. They cook up different deals every month over at Solace Meds, which has four convenient locations in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, Off-Broadway in Denver, and on East Colfax, just blocks from the DNVR bar. The September deals include Can America Gummies, 25% off. Strains, Tinctures, 20% off. Rockin' Cartridges, 25% off. Glacier Concentrates, 20% off. And on this coming Saturday, you will buy three and get the fourth for 10 cents. So check that out. On Saturday, buy three, get the fourth for 10 cents. And also, if you go to any location, you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention that magical code DNVR20. That's at any location of Solace Meds. Head on in, 
Mention that code, get 20% off, and get a free Solace Bar or King Cone. Solace Meds will make your cannabis shopping experience a delight. You head on over to their website, view their menu, order online, and pick up at your convenience. Just head to solacemeds.com and purchase from there. And like I said, use that code DNVR20 to get 20% off because then they'll know that your friends at DNVR sent you. It's the best way to support DNVR is by supporting our great partners like our friends over at Solace Meds. So check out... Solace Meds, it's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. Order online, pick up at one of four convenient locations in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, off-Broadway, and then on East Colfax near the, near the DMVR bar, and use that code DMVR20 for 20% off. Also, I want to get you a job right now. Listen to this podcast, get a job. How does that sound? And our friends over at Ball, I'm talking about the naming rights of the stadium of where the Nuggets and Avs play. I'm talking about the aerospace company, and I'm talking about a company that made over 100 billion cans last year. They want to hire you, and they've been practicing diversity and inclusion for years. While other companies just talk about it as workplace idealism, Ball is actually living that life because their culture of belonging has been noticed by the human rights campaign. They have a corporate equality index score of 100%, so it doesn't matter what your background is. Ball is willing to hire you, and they want to add to their 400-person production plant here in Golden. So how do you get a job to work at a place that treats people great? Well, you text Golden. Golden to 77222, and you'll get linked to their open positions. Or you can go to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search for Golden, or simply text Golden to 77222 to get a job at a place that treats you great and does great work. They're all about sustainable. So go over and text Golden to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. All right, Mace, let's hop into the comment section and talk to the people, see what they have have to say first one coming in from windy city broncos says isn't it interesting that we suddenly get the real story about drew lock and the COVID trackers after all the bron or after the broncos choose teddy bridgewater i don't want to seem like a conspiracy theorist but this looks a lot like the broncos pr team trying to get the fans behind the bridgewater decision do you think we'll be hearing about t tracker gate right now if drew is a starter i'm dubious i am firmly team whoever is the starter but man this feels a little dirty. Oh. And Mace, I think this is a great question because this is something that I've heard a lot of people ask. And I think it's, uh, with all respect, Windy City Bronco, I think that this is completely off. And I and part of it is just how it was presented. This was a 70-paragraph story in the Los Angeles Times. And the item about the trackers was, and the Broncos, it began in paragraph 57 on into paragraph 58. This was an this was a supporting anecdote deep in a story. If it was something where it was okay, let's try to get this out and 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 let's get everyone you know gets everyone behind Teddy and throw this out there. You would have seen it probably be a local story in Denver or something from like uh, from Adam Schefter, and you would have seen it be like a big primary story, not buried deep within a huge piece on the season. So I get what you're saying when the city Bronco, but I think in this case, the rest of the picture shows that this was not something that they wanted out there at a specific time. It was just, it was just part of 
telling the story of the entire 2020 NFL season. And you can't tell the story of the season without telling the story of what happened to the Broncos that week. It's not item one, item two, item three, but it's something that if you're writing the book on the season, you're going to mention somewhere in the book. Yeah, and Mace, I completely agree with you. I think it's a great question, and the timing, man, the timing is uh, it's beneficial for, for Broncos fans to get behind Teddy Bridgewater, so I don't think it was purely intentional because I think, like you said, it would have come out from someone else, uh, but it does, and Mace, I've seen a lot of people question Drew that, that were Drew fans. I've seen a lot of people in my comment mm. section say, okay, you know, I was all about Drew, but now I see more why this Teddy Bridgewater decision makes sense. So, I mean, it, it is working in the, the Bridgewater way. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing, but the thing is, again, I, I just can't ignore the fact that this was a huge, this was a huge takeout story that r it ran this week because it ran this week because the season is starting. So you're taking one last look back at 2020 before you turn the page. And because ev everyone's thinking about the start of the year, it ran in a national paper like the Los Angeles, like the Los Angeles Times. I mean, like kind of L.A. Times, New York Times, Washington Post. I mean, these Wall Street Journal, these are kind of national outlets, even though uh, they're published in a local market. And and then and then a, a pick like a, a story like that probably took months of reporting. So I would say that that anecdote when Sam, that Sam Farmer had that weeks upon weeks before there was any resolution on the quarter on the quarterback thing, you know, some kind sometimes a cigar is just a cigar and I'll leave it at that. All right, mate. Next one's for you. Yeah. Count Lockheel. Are there any unwritten rules slash axioms that teams follow regarding other teams, practice squad players, or is all fair and love in football? Love the count. I mean, the only kind of unwritten thing is that oftentimes if a player gets an offer from another team, like if his agent does, like, okay, this team wants to claim you. That player will then kind of go to his current team where he's a practice squad, mention it to them, and and give them a chance to either promote him or kind of work out a plan. I remember Brian Clark, wide receiver for the Broncos back in the mid-2000s, and another team wanted to pluck him off their practice squad. So he went up to Ted Sunquist, the Broncos GM at the time, and said they're trying to do, do this. And then so they kind of – Ted Sunk was kind of worked out, said, this is our plan, our plan for you over the next year or two. And then said, we can't put you on the 53 man today, but you'll basically be the next guy up. And so he agreed to stay. I think he got a little bit of a raise out of it on the practice squad. And eventually he did make the Broncos 53. So it's not so much unwritten rules, but just generally speaking, teams will usually give their current team a chance to, uh, to either promote them or give them a raise on the practice squad. Yeah, and that's between the team and the players. Between team and teams, no. Because right. if a guy signs another guy to their 53, what you can't do is sign a guy from a practice squad to a practice squad. So you're signing him from a practice squad to a 53. That's a huge raise for the player, and that team didn't want him on their 53 anyway. So good question there. And, of course, this comes on the heels of Mac McCain, Broncos undrafted cornerback, mm -hmm. signing with the Eagles yesterday, and the Broncos re-signing Savion Smith to their practice squad. And remember this, you can still protect four guys every week, too. So exactly. it's not, it's not just that you're not, if you're on the practice squad and you're not one of those protect protected guys, it's not just that you're not among the first 53. It's at least that week. You're not among the first 57. 
Exactly. Next one from Omaha says, shake my head at Bradley Chubb. The fact he didn't have this dealt with well in advance is just nonsense. And to me, speaks to a lack of focus and maturity, which is super concerning when combined with his inability to stay healthy on the field. At what point does the team start regretting picking up the fifth year option on him? Well, I don't think they're at a point of regretting that. And look, I mean, this is, this is frustrating and, you know, there's, you know, probably Ray Jackson's going to have a little conversation with Bradley Chubb. If he hasn't already had that, it'll happen today, I would imagine. But this is just kind of frustrating. This is like, hey, you know, come on. You got you to gotta get this together. I don't think there's a regret about the fifth-year option, but, I mean, I will say this. I mean, he's fighting for a big contract beyond the fifth-year option. And so uh, he's got he's to do, uh, do better. But the biggest thing for Chubb, playing beyond the fifth year option with the Broncos is staying healthy. I think that supersedes little things like this. I mean, this is, this is frustrating, but this is what you'd kind of call an administrative error. Yeah, this I mean, it, it, it's it's unfortunate to see something like this. And for those that don't know, Bradley Chubb uh, was arrested yesterday uh, after there was a, a warrant out for his arrest stemming from missing a, a court appearance on August 6th, which stemmed from uh, having expired license plates and also driving under restraint. So these aren't things that are going to cause him to miss games, Mace. Uh, but this is something that you just don't want to see your any player, let alone a star player, go through. Uh, it's 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 very frustrating. But like you said, in terms of his availability this week, I'm way more worried about the ankle than I am this. This is something that I totally see why fans are frustrated. This is something that, you I, know, all of us have to take care of in life. And this is something that, you know, so, someone of his caliber can't. Oh, exactly. I mean, I, you know what? Hey, I, I actually once got a ticket for having an expired plate because you have a month grace period and it just, it had gone a few days past. I had the ticket, paid the fine. And then that was, that was it. And that's the thing. Like you get the ticket, you pay the, you send in the fine, you move on with your life and then you don't have to show up in court. You do the crime. You do yeah. the time. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the thing, look, we've, we've all had speeding tickets. We've all had stuff, stuff like that. This is, you know, but you got to take care of it. It's what you got to take care and of. So I, I, I've heard that there, I think there's more details that we'll find out either going one side or yeah. the other, probably in the next yeah. few days. And that, that'll yeah. give us more information too. But next one coming in from Hawkeye Bronco. He says, fellas, it's finally game week. Let's go. I do find it ironic that our head coach who spent 40 years in the NFL can't trust a young quarterback but still trusts himself to make game and timeout management decisions when he continuously messes them up. He is also the guy who trusts his special teams coach, even though that unit has been a mess the entire time he has been in town. This might be a bit harsh, but hey, I expect better decision-making from a 60-year-old coach than I do a 23-year-old quarterback. What say you? Well, I mean, he's obviously not happy with Tom McMahon. He kind of mentioned after the Rams game, the special teams coaching has got to get better. One thing that I would say, though, I mean, I, I know there's some frustration and people wanted Tom McMahon's head on a platter. This entire staff was going into you know, going into a basically a contract year, not technically a contract year, but a prove it year. If you fired Tom McMahon, you were probably going to be hiring from the bottom of the deck this year. Because that coach would have been like, what, going to be there one year? I mean, what you know, you're not you're not getting the pick of the litter of available special teams coaches or any coaches uh, if 
in, in this situation. You're getting, you're probably getting somebody who is a special teams assistant that's trying to kind of work their way up. And so they're not proven if that's the move you make. So I, I'm going to defend bringing back Tom McMahon. I don't think that they, that there was instantly a better option for the, for the Broncos going in there, but I mean, it's fair. It is fair to, to question the game management. No doubt. I think that's, that's a perfectly valid thing, but that being said, not calling a timeout versus in a right situation versus taking off your contact tracers, putting them in the corner to try to, to, to try to, to try to deceive people and then lying about it. These are not equivalent things here. Yeah, Mace, I mean, what one is fooling the system, as it said uh, in the article, and lying, as as reports have indicated. And the other one is just is just not making the best decisions on a football field. So yeah. I, I agree with you, very different things. Next one coming in from Stebert92. Hey, all, very long time, no comment. As the Broncos start gearing up for week one football, I just want to take a moment and thank everyone at DNVR and the entire DNVR family. You guys have made some of the darkest days of the past 18 months so manageable. Thanks, everyone. And, man, that just means the world. This this community is so cool. And for, for the most part, our YouTube community, is awesome. I've loved all the comments today. You guys have been great. Very civil. It's been a great place. Good discussion. And then, of course, at the DNVR.com where we read these comments exclusively from. It, it, it's the best community out there. Uh, and we just really appreciate every single one of you. And I'm so happy, guys. The offseason's fun. The offseason conversations are fun. But it's so freaking exciting to be talking about Broncos football and to be talking about Bronco a, a potential winning Broncos football team in the next couple of weeks Mace yeah you know what I I don't miss about the offseason now that it's over I don't miss kind of uh going about late at night starting to look and say okay what are some things that people are talking about what you know is there a, a you know some website has a ranking or something like that and kind of fishing for it it's, it's kind of just talking about what's going on that's why i like the regular season ones better but appreciate appreciate the kind words uh Stebert, and uh, glad you're writing with us melbourne bronco hi guys love yesterday's pod and agree 100 percent drew's cover-up actions helped vic's decision and now bradley chubb is just gone and showed his lack of maturity anyway Looking at all the week one games, which ones are too close to call and not worth betting on? Cheers. Mm, there's, man, the one that I cannot wrap my head around, Mace, is Washington football team and the Chargers. And I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the Washington football team is going to be much better than they were last year. They won the division, of course, with a losing record last year. I love their pass rush. And that's why I also like... I really like Justin Herbert in terms of the quarterback. I think he's going to be, but man, going against that pass rush, that one is something that I would totally stay away from because I wouldn't be surprised if Justin Herbert goes balls out and beats him on the road or if that pass rush has their way with it. Mace, we're, we're going to go around the league yeah. and give us some picks later in the week, but do you have one game that says stay away from? Uh, honestly, it's that one because I, I don't know. I, I don't have a good read what Brandon Staley's defense is going to look like right away. I think I think it's going he's going to do a great job with the Chargers defense eventually, just like he did with the Rams. But that first week you have that is kind of a volatile element. Ryan Fitzpatrick guiding the Washington offense. That's a volatile element. So I look at that and I think, okay, I'm I'm staying away I'm staying away from 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 that game just completely. Another one I'm staying away from is Miami, New England. 
the two the, the Fair, Alabama yeah, quarterback bowl, Tua versus Mac Jones. Love it. In, in general, it's gonna be a these are fun games to watch, but if I'm betting, I'm I'll tell you what, I mean, maybe I'll be proven wrong on this. The one I feel good about is even though it's Seattle going on the road, I really feel good about the Seahawks at the Colts, even though the Colts are getting two and a half. Yes, exactly. But I I just look at that and I'm like, okay, the Colts are in chaos. The guys are missing time because of COVID. Uh, Russell, and by far the best player on the field is uh, is Russell Wilson. Another one that that uh, wait, Mace, Mace, I, we're gonna we're gonna do more what? later in the week. <laughs> oh well, I know, but we're we're doing the whole schedule right. So later in the all week. Right. But, but, all right, but also I'll tell you one that I love, uh, Tampa no, Bay. Mace, all we're day. gonna get to more. <laughs> well, no, we're going tomorrow or Friday. Uh, so you like Tampa Bay? Yeah, we're gonna talk Thursday night. Tampa Bay, all Tampa Bay all day. Yeah, I, I love yeah. Tampa Bay. Maybe we'll dive into that a little bit tomorrow as well, yeah. uh, and especially for your Bucks, Mace. Next one coming in from 5280PDX. He says, I was hoping for Drew to make it this entire time, even with the recent revelations, which he bears responsibility for. That being said, one of my best friends is a diehard Vikings fan, and to this day, he wears Teddy's socks for good luck on Sundays. If a player can create that kind of goodwill after this many years, I'm willing to give him a chance. All I want is a team and players I can root for. There we go. That's what I'm talking hey. about getting behind Teddy. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason not support to support the guy. I think there's, uh, I think some of the social media comments about Teddy have been, um, I mean, I don't want to use the word slanderous, but I think they've been cruel and unnecessary. And uh, I, I think if I, I think I'm, I think if he does well, and Broncos country sees what kind of person he is, that I think uh, they're gonna feel they're gonna have fond feelings for him in much the same way that Saints fans and Vikings fans have really fond feelings for Teddy Bridgewater. I hope so. If uh, the Broncos win, especially early on, people are gonna love Teddy Bridgewater because he's a great guy. And Mace, final one coming in from Lionel Hutz, attorney at law, gentlemen. If you had to choose one of the following guaranteed outcomes, which would you choose? Vaughn and Chubb combine for twenty-four sacks. Teddy puts up thirty-five hundred yards, twenty-five touchdowns, and twelve interceptions. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams combine for seventeen hundred yards. The Broncos. Go two and fifteen, secure the number one pick, and their two victories prevent the Chiefs from being the number one seed. Happy game week, and thank you for getting us all through a very long off season. Ooh, ooh. I mean, there's yeah. there's just one that screams the best thing for the organization, and it's getting the number one seed yes. and beating the Kansas City Chiefs twice. Um, for this uh. year's Broncos, though, so so that's the long term one. There's no question about that getting the number one seed, uh, because even the best one I think for this season is Teddy putting up 3,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. The Broncos are a playoff team, but even with that you don't feel like you have the long-term right. five, 10 year quarterback of the future here. So that's why getting the number one seed is the best thing here. Second one is Teddy doing that because you make the playoffs. Yeah. And the other thing is if he's got 3,500 yards, let's say it's right around there, then that means you probably ran for a lot of yards too. So that you might 3,500 yards might come with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon combining for 1700. And then again, like you said, their playoff team, I think if this happens, the uh, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is Aaron Rodgers coming in to push you over the top.
Mm, there we go. I love it. And Mace, we've hit our pot of gold pushing us over the top right now. And if you want to hit the jackpot, well, check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental, where they are the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area. They've been part of our DNVR family for years. In fact, they're part of our BSN family, and you got to get your teeth cleaned uh, every year, twice a year. Anyways, might as well go to someone who's going to treat you like family, who's part of our family, uh, who's also going to be able to talk Colorado sports going to be a great time when you're there and they'll give you a gift just like a good family member if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam you'll receive a free sonicare toothbrush when you go there make sure to tag us to let us know when you go there they're only a 15 minute drive from downtown denver and like i said supporting our partners is supporting us so schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam over at green mountain dental and you'll get a free sonicare toothbrush well mace that'll do it for us man i really enjoyed the very first game plan uh the winning game plan Wednesday we'll call it this week and we're going to have 17 well 16 more of those throughout the season but we're not done this week we're coming to you tomorrow and Friday with our big season preview so make sure to stay tuned hit us with a like before you get out of here subscribe and turn on alerts so you know when we're going live but for Andrew Mason I'm Zach Stevens we really appreciate you rolling with us have a fabulous Wednesday we'll talk to you tomorrow Flying cotton would stick to your lips Now I know those lips ain't mine They haven't been in a long, long time I'd like to patch it up I want to change your mind Take you back one last time down the cottonwood mine.